Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Okay, come here. Come here. Come here. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. But as always, we kick things off with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Depending on how you're tuning in, it's either July 28th on our Facebook live stream or July 29th if you're listening via radio. I'm John Van Trieste and joining me here in the studio today is Leslie Liao. Hello, John. In just a moment, we'll be telling you about a, the reason why some precious doses of COVID-19 vaccine were found in the trash. Then we'll be telling you a bit about Taiwan's Olympians and the parting gifts that they've received. And also the strange reason why one of Taiwan's nuclear pants power plants, I almost said power pants, <laughs> that sounds powerful, was, was shut down. All that coming up next, please stick around. Alright, first on our agenda today, we got to get to the bottom of why these precious doses of the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine uh, were found in the trash can. Well, John, uh, this is a story, it's... I mean, they're kind of in an obviously labeled... They are, How would you miss but you'd, that? you'd think that they, uh, that, that, well, okay, so this is what happened. I'm going to start from the beginning. Anyway, so there are strict procedures when it comes to uh, vaccinations and keeping vaccinations, right? right. Uh, it's also, it's not only very important that we get them, but it's also like a bureaucracy thing where the city governments are expected to report on how much vaccines that they have left. And one of the things that they have to do is they have to count and take inventory uh, every day. Okay. And then the people in Taichung City, which is in central Taiwan, they were doing the inventory checking and they realized two bottle, two boxes had or two bottles, I'm sorry, had gone missing. Mm -hmm. And two bottles of AstraZeneca virus is about what, 10 doses, I think, 10, okay. 10, 11, uh, 10, 11 doses. And what happened was, well, Did someone steal them. No, nobody stole them. Um, in fact, this story is a lot less climactic than you might think. I mean, there's no, there wasn't a big heist for like AstraZeneca vaccines, but there, it was a big kind of deal in that the police got involved because, you know, for two bottles of AstraZeneca. So it's that kind of a important, vital good, isn't it? Yeah, but you'd think that um, anyone trying to make off with AstraZeneca or, or like with vaccines, they try to make off with a bigger quantity and not just well, two bottles. I imagine it's difficult because you've got to keep them at a certain very, very low temperature too, don't you? That's right. Um, so you can't just steal them. I think AstraZeneca has a little more leeway so in their storage it's temperature. very cold. It is right? still very cold. So. Anyway, the, the cops got involved because the, um, the Department of Health and Welfare in Taichung they called the cops and they're just like, um, we need to know what happened to these two bottles. And there's this whole full-scale investigation. Mm. Would you take a venture to guess where, where they ended up, John? Well, we know they were in the trash can. They were in the trash can. In fact, they were not just in any trash can. They were in the recycling. Were they still full? 
they were still two full bottles. Now, what happened was they actually went back and uh, checked these surveillance records and surveillance cameras and stuff like that. Full-scale investigation. And what happened was um, someone who worked in the building thought that the box was empty and they tossed it. So the two bottles were in a box and they thought the box was empty. So they tossed it into the recycling. The other bottle? I mean, they don't just package two of those tiny bottles in a box. It must other, have been left over. the other ones in the box empty? The other bottles? Yeah, I guess um, it was, there were only two bottles in the box. Oh, and then man. like the police report says that they checked the cameras and that's indeed what happened. And you know, in Taiwan, they record a lot of stuff. There's yeah. cameras everywhere. So you can really follow... The tra- you could actually follow the entire shipment probably from when it got off the plane and how it made so, its way down the is highway. Is anything going to happen to this employee who did this? Because that's a big deal. That's I mean, a big boo-boo, right? Um, apparently, no. They were. Um, they, it, it is human error, but they don't really know what kind of punishment that they're going to... Because they're, they're, they're still trying to figure out whose fault it was for leaving it someplace that it wasn't supposed to be. Well, then again, it could have been where it needed to be and then someone just like, oh, empty box. Okay. So, so this is some kind of... Uh, not not like a clerical error, but uh, I don't know. Uh, not checking carefully kind of error. Yeah, it's, 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 one of, it's negligence, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what you call it. Anyway, that's what happened. And then, you know, Taiwan's already dealing with a vaccine shortage. And uh, to throw away what I think... The worst part of that is that, that those were probably donated by some other well-meaning country, whether it be the U.S. or oh, J- don't Japan say that. so far. Don't say that. What a waste. Yeah, and on, and on it, it actually says AstraZeneca, but it, it's, it's labeled with big AZ, mm. so you can't really say it was... Um, no, if it was in a box, they knew what they were throwing away. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of very clearly marked. But that so. just got me thinking, how light are these vaccines that people can just be like, well, there's nothing in here, and they just toss it. I don't know. That's weird. Well, we better be keeping better track from now on, because I still am not vaccinated. <laughs> oh, Oh, you got vaccinated. I did too, get right? vaccinated. Did have, one question. I have a quick question. About yes, that. go any, ahead. Did you have any uh, side effects? I did, actually. I did experience some side effects, uh, but it didn't manifest until 24 hours after I took the shot. Mm. And um, it slowly creeps up on you. At first, it was sleeplessness, and then it was sleep. It was sleepiness, and then it was like body sores. It felt like I kind of like had a, had a cold, mm. and then... Um, uh, it, my body felt hot and then I had like a fever of a hundred, I think. Wow. Yeah. And then after that, it was kind okay. Ro- roller coaster. Yeah. There was like, there was like headaches and, um, I just, I generally didn't feel okay. But by the next day, like a good night's sleep afterward, you're, you're fine. And you got the AstraZeneca, right? I got the AstraZeneca. Okay. Well, now I know what I have to look forward to because that's probably, that's what it's mostly around. Is that what, is yeah. that what you're going to get? I don't, I had no one's told me yet, but that's pretty much what they have. So. Okay. I mean, I I don't know how I got mine. You know what? I figured how I think I got mine early because I have some kind of pre-existing condition that I had uh, no idea. Oops. I well, had. Wait, what a way to find out. I know, right? It's just like, oh, I'm getting a vaccine early. It's like, wait a minute. Why am I getting a vaccine so early? Somebody is playing over our broadcast. What is, what's going on? What is that happening? Oh, I do. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. Oh, that's right. Okay, well, up next, another story of uh, bizarre human error. This one happening in a nuclear power plant. We've actually got a video up about this, so you can go check it out. It still um, fascinates me. when you. This was the first thing you told me when I walked into the office, and... I found it mind-boggling. Go ahead, John. So um, nobody noticed, thankfully, but uh, I I believe it was on, was it Tuesday? There was a nuclear power plant that got an emergency, that just shut down, emergency shutdown. And 
The reason was because someone had moved a chair out of the way of the cleaners and um, so they could do mopping up, I guess. And the chair bumped into a button that shut everything down. <laughs> that's uh, that's just and that's, this, that's comical. All this on a day when Taiwan, the first day that Taiwan eased a lot of COVID-related restrictions. So lots of shops that had been shuttered were reopening with their air conditioners on and their lights and lots of people were out and about buying things. And in uh, long story short, power de- demand for power surged right when this happened. Taiwan is not like we are not having a good year for electricity consumption. No, um, a couple months ago, there was another accident. This one not caused by human error, right? I don't think nothing quite so slapstick. But not nothing. It so blew out and a generator and we had rolling blackouts twice. Um, so, yeah, not our latest boo boo to happen at a power plant. But this is probably by far the most strange and um, so fortunately, the reason no one noticed was because we had enough solar power during the day. And I guess they were still trying to get it back online by nightfall when the solar power was no longer generating enough hydropower to keep the system going without anyone noticing, basically. So I didn't notice. Uh, I didn't notice, but nothing, th- nothing shut down. But um, now they're saying that this they are going to figure out who to punish behind this for this misplaced chair. For what a bad misplaced, day at work. What, like, what kind of detriment? Well, who designs a button it's true. It's that like is detrimental like, to an entire system? It's kind of like putting a self-destruct button at, at chair level. At chair right? height, yeah. It's like putting the self-destruct button next to the power button on your computer, right? Right. It's like you sometimes on the, the computer, you get so used to pressing, you don't even look anymore. But one day you just might be off and then... I don't know, like, where, what corner, like, I don't know. I just, I would like to see camera footage of how this happened exactly. Oh, I hope, I hope they make it. That, that would be on America's Funniest Home because, Videos. Well, no, it's terrifying. I mean, this is, this is my reservation about nuclear power in Taiwan. Not because of power, the, the, the threat of a disaster. But the so much as for the human fact, error. Of, yeah. If it happens, if something Fukushima-like or Chernobyl-like happens here, it won't be because of an earthquake or a tsunami or any even technical issue. Most likely it's going to be somebody... Because of a lack of oversight, you it's, know. Oh, it's, 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 you told me this. I was like, this, this sounds like a Three Stooges sketch. It does. It does. It um, was, it was unbelievable. And um, I was just like, how can a whole power grid come down because of someone? Just, shouldn't there be like, uh, what's it called? What are those called? Uh, safety. Exactly. In place? Exactly. And I think that like, just we need to up our safety culture in general. It's funny because nothing bad happened, but if we something have a lot of, did bad did happen, I mean can that's you a imagine? nuclear plant, and we've got you know I think our safety culture in general from rail accidents oh, yeah. that have happened recently in the past few months to I don't know I think just generally things are not uh, supervised quite as well as they should be here. Absolutely so. not. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I really wonder how how it happened though. Like how hard. Do you have to move a chair out of the way for it to trigger a self-destruct button? The cleaning ladies in Taiwan, I will say, they were they. Well, it's not clear who did it. It's not clear who said it because whether the cleaning ladies were responsible or one of the employees. From what I heard, I thought it was one of the cleaning ladies, and the cleaning ladies do move with purpose in this country. I will say this, Um, but I feel like if you work in a facility like that, when you day one, don't press this button. That should be like. Uh, speaking of which, we uh, Jen Dolari says it's like labeling "Do not press this button accidentally" and putting it at accident height. That's yeah. I mean, it's very bizarre. Yeah, 
Molly Groton Groton says, Groton. hi, John. It's good to hear your voice. Hi. Uh, Josh Buendia, good morning here in the Philippines. Hello, Josh. Uh, let's see. Douglas North says, sounds like the Pepsi syndrome. Old SNL sketch. I can't remember which one that one I'm, was. I know a lot of SNL sketches by heart, but not that Pepsi one. Pepsi syndrome. That must be like Norm MacDonald, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Uh, era mysterious voices. Yeah, that that was uh, that was the broadcast, I guess. That was my human error. I pressed a button that I shouldn't have. <laughs> Douglas North says, "Hey, everybody." John D- Jen Dolores says, "Hey, Doctor Nick." Jen Dolores says, "I want nuclear power pants." I, I know, I know. Sometimes slips of tongue yield tremendous results. Jen Delari says, hopefully the vaccines were still good. I believe, Jen, the vaccines were lost. They have to be kept at such low temperatures. Yeah, and not just that, but like by that time, by the time they found them or tracked them down, they must have been crushed. Eh, Let's not think about that. All right, so being stuck at home, I don't know about you, but I've been watching a lot of the Olympics. Well, tell me about them. Um, have you been watching, following I them at all? I can't really find them. It's not on TV, is yeah, it? Yeah, there are two channels. Oh, which ones? Uh, for me, 5 and 51. Okay. That's Gongong uh, Tai, yeah. the third channel, and Dong uh, San. ET? Okay, so like I... I know that some people have ELTA, which is the Taiwanese equivalent of ESPN, yeah, but that's... my cable package doesn't come with that. It's that's nice, apparently the one that's showing all the fun stuff. It's, right, it's, it's nothing to write home about. So, well, I'm missing apparently all of the fun stuff because uh, what they broadcast is mostly what where like Taiwanese athletes are mm-hmm. in. So let's weightlifting. There was judo one time. Yeah. And then they just stopped because no one from Taiwan was playing anymore. Did they play karate? Did they do karate? Taekwondo they had for a while. Taekwondo they had, had for a while. They had table tennis, but no swimming. I wanted to watch swimming. And oh, yeah. Gymnastics, uh, they haven't been broadcasting that either. Gymnastics, uh one of our gym- gymnasts, she had l- an injury and she... Yeah, but uh, there are others. Anyway, I've been watching a lot of them. Tell and, me about them. Um, yeah, I have to tell you, though, that my favorite, probably my favorite performance that I've seen so far, and I don't know if you tuned in, well, yesterday, our time, uh-huh. but I was glued to this because of the story of this athlete. Um, he's a five-time Olympian named Zhuang Zhiyuan. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Table tennis guy. He's 40 years old. What? He turned 40 in April. Did you know that? No. So there's still time for us. <laughs> yes, still John. Time we have about our... 10 years to become master Olympians. I mean, yeah. And the most amazing thing of it all, though, is that um, he he doesn't have a coach. He came by himself. I heard about this. He he coaches himself, right? He, he doesn't like take anything from the government or anything. And it says that uh, actually his mom's normally his coach or the person who accompanies him. But she wasn't chosen to come with him. And My poor um, guy. Yeah, so, like, while the other person, it was an Egyptian guy, uh, had a coach to, like, tile him off and give him water refills and words of encouragement, he was by himself. I heard the story. Uh, He he called his own timeouts and everything. And then he had to, uh, he he had to pack his own stuff up. I know. And uh, he didn't end up winning, which is, but uh, I am really really uh inspired to see people at that age just no don't... yeah like at that age he's he made it into the olympics like good show man good show and uh yeah he said thanks everyone for his support um and he says sometimes when i go play events on tour that aren't that many people around it feels okay not to have someone with him mm-hmm. so I and mean, there were really no spectators um yeah he never won an Olymp- olympic medal but five times like persistence man and it was a tight comp- competition too 
it wasn't he wasn't a pushover. He wasn't extremely fast movements. In fact, this article that I have in front of me says he looked like he was twenty five, no more than twenty five. Just his stamina and um, ferocity. Sometimes it's the people who don't win the medal that ins- end up inspiring you more. I don't know. That's yeah, just, maybe just not just me, but uh, yeah. And um, I really hope that the other thing that I really like about him is that he's really into rescue animals. Oh, is he? Like dogs especially. I've seen lots uh-uh. of posts. So he said he hopes that people will still pay attention to the doggies because now that he's not an Olympian anymore, he doesn't have that platform. But well, You know what? He, he If he made it at 40, there's no reason why he can't make it at 44. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, Luyen Xun, who is, is well, a tennis star, mm-hmm. is retiring. So a lot of Taiwanese greats, this is kind of their last hurrah. Isn't yeah. It? But uh, what what events have you seen? I I... I've been I've been trying to I've been, watched archery, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah, the Koreans were awesome. They, How, they beat us, but I have to say, do you know I was I was watching a newscast on why um, archery in South Korea is so successful? Is because uh, it's a really it's kind of like a mainstream sport over there, and they have like mascots and, and cheers and everything. Yeah, we don't have that. So they don't have that. Like it's it's almost like golf in Taiwan, You'll but in Korea see... they have like mascots I trying to mess that. with the other team. So like you, when they go to the Olympics, they don't have but our that. team won silver. Yeah, that's nice. So that's very nice. It was really great to watch as well. Um, yeah, really great stuff. And now that a lot of them. I was surprised to hear this, Leslie. You told me that a lot of them are going home early. Yeah. So, I thought that they were going to stick around for the closing ceremony, but they've got some nice parting gifts. This is in the time of COVID, so uh, like movements are really restricted. I'm not sure how the closing ceremony is going to work, but um, the ones, the athletes that can go home, go home right away, really? apparently. Yeah, they, 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 they're just like, you got to go home to your country as soon as possible. And that's part of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics like protocol. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Neither did I, but uh, before they left, uh, so a contingent of the athletes left Japan earlier today, and uh, who met them in the airport but Taiwan's de facto ambassador to Japan, Frank Frank Xie. Xie. That's right. He was there, and he delivered a few gifts to the athletes because he said during their time in Tokyo, they weren't allowed to leave the compound or the hotel except for for competition, so they couldn't really go out and see the sights and buy stuff. So the representative actually did that for them. And what they did was they showed up with a bunch of parting gifts for the Japanese athletes or the, the athletes who performed in Japan. And they showed up with them uh, limited edition Tokyo 2020 Olympic cookies. Or <laughs> ga- It's such a Taiwanese thing. It is a very Taiwanese thing. Here's a bunch of food. And, and, and here's the Japanese part of it because they, they were also sent home with a bunch of peaches. Are they allowed to do that? I don't realize. I, didn't, I know yeah. that peaches are a big thing, but like customs doesn't usually. I guess if they got if the if the de facto ambassador does it, it's okay. Or maybe maybe they were instructed to eat them like before finish the, them before landing. Off, yes. Before, yeah. <laughs> please fasten your seatbelts and put your tray table in an upright position and finish all of your peaches. <laughs> please do. Uh, and and Frank Shea said uh, the the amb- the embassy wasn't the only one that really helped out. Um, there were some. Uh, civil em- some personal enterprises in Taiwan, like one company from Kaohsiung who pitched in, and they sent about 10 crates of peaches and many grapes to the... Oh, Japanese grapes are enormous and extremely expensive. I saw one go for like $20,000 the other day. Taiwan like, dollars? No, 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 like American. What? Like, like a thing, single grape? No, no, it's like a, it's like a bunch of grapes, oh, but it was like these high-end grapes, crazy. and they went at auction for like twenty thousand dollars. Insane. Yeah. Um. So what happened was, you know, they all these Taiwanese enterprises, they purchased a bunch of stuff, sent them to the representative office, and the representative office actually sent them ASAP to the uh, athletes because they were saying peaches. 
they don't keep very well, do they? Don't keep very well. And much like an do... AstraZeneca vaccine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And what, what happens, I mean, much like an AstraZeneca vaccine, if you don't use it in a timely manner, mm. they end up in the trash. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so this is what happens is, uh, so I guess. Oh, did they, uh, my other big question. Yeah. Did they finally get to fly business class? Because I was joking with some people, like, every time a Taiwanese athlete would get beaten, I'd be like, it's because they made them fly coach. I mean... That was a big scandal. For those of you who don't know, um, I think some people probably got fired or at least resigned. I think that the, 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 the sports because, administrator... Because, well, they said it was because the business class cabin was too small to accommodate everyone. Mm. So they had to, for social distancing reasons, downgrade them to coach. But th- here's the deal. They were promised business class. And no one told them until the last second, and I just was like, "It's because they made them fly, coach." It's because they, well, they can't give their all because one of the um, one of the athletes' parents <laughs> uh, in the lead up to the Olympics was just like, "All right, everybody, let's not talk about the business class thing anymore," because he was afraid it would affect their kids' performance. Yeah, because they were afraid that the kids might have that on their mind while mm. they were performing, or or <laughs> while they were competing, and uh, he'd know. be like, "That'd be a, another layer of pressure." I don't know. It's been a, uh, well, I guess they pulled it off okay so far. No yeah. mass COVID outbreaks, fingers crossed. I still think that my favorite Olympics ever is the 1904 one. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because I recently discovered that that was the weirdest Olympics in history. Let's and talk I just, about I'd it. I'd like to encourage everyone out there to look it up on Wikipedia, specifically the athletics at the 1904 Summer Olympics. Just do it if you need a laugh. <laughs> I mean, you you posted it, and I had you posted it, and I saw it, and I read what you posted, and I was yeah. like, "There's no way that's real." The and then, original gold medalist was driven in a car part of the way, and then someone else was chased off the track by wild dogs. Someone took a detour to take a nap and still yeah. came in fourth after eating rotten apples too. It was a really crazy time. So I, they don't do the Olympics like they used to. Obviously. They really don't. They really don't. I don't know. Well, uh, what are you looking forward to so far? My big hope is on Dai Ziying. I wonder. Yeah, Dai Ziying. She's our, a um, badminton star. I want to say tennis, but badminton star. Blazing past the competition. She is incredible. And the thing that it, what I know her from before I knew she was in the Olympics was from all the commercials she does for McDonald's. Oh, she, and I'm like, <laughs> an Olympic athlete is not eating McDonald's. This well, is no. Have you have you not heard of, heard that story? Like every Olympic village comes with a McDonald's. But why they can't eat that? Well, I think was it uh, the Jamaican runner Usain Bolt said like after I think um, is that his carb loading routine. I think so. But there was a story about how at the 2008 uh, Beijing Olympics he wasn't sure what to eat in Beijing because he wasn't really familiar with the food. Yeah. So his he ate like 20 piece McNuggets. That's, 20 piece chicken nuggets like that's crazy in the lead up would, to his that would competition give you a heart attack not a gold medal i have no idea i mean john i'm not operating <laughs> at world record hey, sprinting cap- capability there was a 40 year old okay we still we need to get our ourselves in gear yeah speaking of which jen, uh, jen dolari says we have 10 years to master our table tennis skills i know we can do doubles we can do do <laughs> we're gonna be the slowest moving doubles <laughs> team uh but have you seen actually i've seen footage of um the badminton doubles the men, mm. they were, they, their commitment to athleticism was something else because they were diving. They were they, like every other move he was making was like a dive saving catch. And they beat what? I think India or no, Indonesia. Right. right. And uh, that was, well, I uh, really appreciated, in addition to the inspiring stories, the one gold that I saw us win, which was uh, weightlifting. And we don't get to see our, hear our own anthem or use our own flag. Yeah. We have kind of like fake special Olympic anthem and flag. Yeah. 
Well, it's actually it's called the flag raising song. It is a legitimately Taiwanese thing, but mm. it's not the anthem. But still, watching the fake not flag, the Olympic special Taiwanese flag up there was quite inspiring. So uh, we've still got about a week to go. So maybe, hopefully, we'll be moving even further up the medal table. Come on! At least it won't be like St. Louis. Right now, it's like one gold, two silver, three yep. bronze. As of recording, as of recording, that's subject to change anytime. I'm hoping it will have changed. Let's go! This. All right, that's all it for us today here at RTI Live for Europe, here in Taiwan. <laughs> I'm still got power pants on my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> John, we might be onto something there. I need to invent. I need to get a patent. <laughs> I'm John Ventriest. And I'm Leslie Leo. Stay tuned next for Hashtag Taiwan Highlights and In The Spot. See you guys. Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. Every week in the show, we take a look at what's trending online in Taiwan, whether it's an amusing Instagram account, a funny YouTube video, or a touching post on Facebook. Now, I am recording this introduction on July 19th, which is a Monday. And today is the day that Taiwan's athletes will head to Tokyo, Japan to participate in the Tokyo Olympics. Now, if you didn't know Taiwan participated in the Olympics, that's fine because, in fact, when Taiwan participates in the Olympics, it doesn't do so under the name Taiwan. But a geopolitical technicality should not be a reason why you write us off. In fact, in this week's hashtag Taiwan, I'm going to give you reasons why you should look out for Taiwan at the Olympics. Guess what's happening next week? That's right! The 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo, Japan will kick off. And if you think I misspoke when I said 2020, you're wrong. The 2020 Summer Olympics are coming to us one year late because of COVID. Boy, let me tell you, this coronavirus has the world out of whack. But not whack enough to keep Taiwan away from the Olympics, baby! If you want to watch Taiwan compete, then be on the lookout for this flag and the name Chinese Taipei. For complex geopolitical reasons that I'm not getting into, Taiwan cannot compete as Taiwan. Anyway, Taiwan's athletes are scheduled to fly to Tokyo on July 19th. Taiwan is sending 66 athletes to compete in 18 categories. Among them are two sports that Taiwan will participate in for the first time ever, karate and canoeing. If you're curious, the other 16 categories are shooting, track and field, archery, swimming, gymnastics, table tennis, boxing, rowing, equestrian sports, weightlifting, judo, tennis, badminton, taekwondo, cycling, and golf. Earlier this week, President Tsai attended a ceremony where she presented Taiwan's Olympic team with the country's Olympic flag and wished athletes and coaches good luck in their respective categories. The gist of her speech was, go kick some butt. But President Tsai also knows that kicking butt don't mean a thing if you can't do it in style. That's why she shared a picture on Instagram showing off Taiwan's Olympic athlete gear. 
The Chinese Taipei Olympic Committee Facebook page has also been getting people in the mood for the games. They're introducing Taiwanese athletes almost daily, and they've even come out with virtual athlete trading cards that, when put together, form the Chinese Taipei Olympic flag. Pretty cool! But what's even cooler is what we can expect from Taiwanese Olympians this year. Did you know the number one women's singles badminton player in the world, Dai Ziying, is Taiwanese? And that's right, you guessed it, she's headed to Tokyo. Next up, you've got Eddie Wong. He's a swimmer, and last year he broke a world record for the 200-meter butterfly stroke. And then you have Ding Hua Tian, who a year and a half ago invented her own officially recognized gymnastics move at the age of 17. Four-time weightlifting world champion Guo Xingchun will also be representing Taiwan. 2019 World Boxing Championship bantamweight gold medalist Ling Yuting is competing as well. Then there's also 2019 Archery World Championship gold medalist Lei Qianying aiming for gold. You have Wen Ziyun who's making history simply by showing up to the Olympics. She's the first athlete ever to compete for Taiwan in the category of karate at the Olympics. Like I said, Taiwan is sending 66 athletes to the Olympics, and so far I've only mentioned 7 of them, each with impressive accomplishments in their respective sports. I could sit here all day and go over all of the Taiwanese Olympians with you, but I think I've given you enough reason and hype to follow Taiwan at the Olympics this year. I myself am looking forward to a subsequent drop in gold prices because I believe we're bringing home that many gold medals. Flood the market, you know, make gold as cheap as table salt. And that was this week's Hashtag Taiwan. I hope I've given you reason enough to follow Chinese Taipei, or I should say Taiwan, during the Olympics. I know I'll be watching eagerly because I think we stand a pretty good chance of taking home a few golds this year. What do you think? Anyway, that's all for today's show. Until next week, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. And if you're looking for more Hashtag Taiwan, don't forget to check us out on YouTube at RTI English, or you can go to our Facebook page on Radio Taiwan International or Taiwan Insider, which is the TV show that Hashtag Taiwan is part of. Anyway, guys, take it easy. I'll talk to you again soon. vaccine, Taiwan will soon have four different brands of COVID vaccines. That includes AstraZeneca, Moderna, and BioNTech Pfizer. Now the question is, can we mix and match? It's the question on everyone's lips. Can you mix different brands of COVID-19 vaccine? And Health Minister Chen Shizhong, for one, is sick of answering it. He says people ask him the same question almost every day. That comes after some Taiwanese health experts called for authorities to allow vaccine mixing. Wang Renxian is Honorary Managing Director of the Taiwan Counter-Contagious Diseases Society. He says following AstraZeneca with a dose of Pfizer-BioNTech gives better protection than two doses of AstraZeneca. Wang says that that could also be the case for AstraZeneca and Moderna. Huang Limin from the Infectious Diseases Society of Taiwan agrees. He says following AstraZeneca with Pfizer-BioNTech gives similar protection to two doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Huang says he thinks allowing vaccine mixing will encourage people to take AstraZeneca as their first dose. Dr. Zhou Baitian of Taipei Medical University Hospital says research from reputable sources supports mixing AstraZeneca and Moderna. He says it's safe and effective.
Joel says Taiwan has been too slow to set up clinical trials of mixing since the country is almost out of Moderna doses. But he says if studies in Taiwan show promising immune responses to mixing in young people, for example, Taiwan should officially allow vaccine mixing for everyone. But experts say mixing vaccines won't necessarily speed up the vaccination process. That's because some research suggests it's best to wait 8 to 10 weeks before the second dose to allow for the best immune response. For now, though, Health Minister Chen Shijong says there's not enough scientific evidence in favour of mixing. So, if you've already had your first dose, there should be little surprise about which one you'll get for the second. Taiwan has actually begun trials for mixing AstraZeneca and Moderna, and the results are expected in about three months. Now, the CECC also has said this week that it's considering conducting a trial mixing Taiwan's Medigen vaccine with others, as there's no international data out on it. Visit RTI at english.rti.org.tw. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. I interviewed Neil Wan, the founder of LNY Pizzeria in Taipei, some time ago. But recently, with the COVID-19 pandemic, I thought I'd get in touch with him and see how his pizza business is faring. Today, Neil continues to talk about ways he has to do things differently at his restaurants because of COVID. Were you short on any ingredients because of COVID? Short on any ingredients that you've always used uh, for your pizza uh, besides flour? Not right now. Uh, no, no. The other ingredients oh, are lucky. okay. Oh, you're no, lucky. We're lucky. Because you we're know, lucky, yeah. um, I know you have a pizza flavor that uses zucchini, but yeah. I love zucchini, and yes. you know, usually the supermarket downstairs from me would sell them, but for okay. a time during COVID, they were not selling yeah. it at all. Well, our supplies supply us like everything we need. From what I know, because we are, I'm not taking control of this. Maybe there's a few days we got short, uh -huh. but the kitchen, they, they didn't report it to me because it's too small. They get control. So uh -huh. right now, I cannot really say uh, okay. from from my from my uh, from what I know, uh, we are not sure in any important ingredients to to run the business. Yeah, well, that's good for you. Because, you know, um, I, I don't think I've ever, you know, you know that we order almost every week from you guys, um, your pizzas. Yes. And yes. I have not gotten any notice saying that, you know, oh, sorry, we're out of this or we're out of that. So I think you're doing yeah, good. We, no, lucky. Yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky. Yeah, because some restaurants, sure. um, it's not that they're short of ingredients, but they're short on time to make certain dishes. Uh -huh. Like, for example, uh, there's a restaurant that we order sometimes and they make risotto. But then risotto takes time to cook. And so yeah. they chose to do the easier one, which is bian dang, you know, like, oh, you know, easy okay. kind of lunch boxes. So, okay, okay. so during COVID, 
they say sorry, you can't order risotto because they don't have time to make risotto. Was there anything that you had to do differently because of COVID? Right now, differently. Yeah. Food-wise, uh, food-wise. Food-wise, uh, differently, it yeah. would be our working environment. Oh. We don't have to do different, but we, we experience different. Yeah. It's like, like a restaurant is always empty. Yeah. And our, our people are just working like in a ghost kitchen. Uh-huh. Like uh, people doesn't come in, right? So we don't have the service. We don't have the service uh, the the outside customers. So we're only dealing with the people who come pick up the food mm-hmm. and also the driver. So mm-hmm. it's more like a drive-through, oh, <laughs> big drive-through, drive-through. Oh, okay. like working the drive-through. So the experience I would share is it's actually quite nice. It's kind kind of peaceful working in in. Our own restaurant without any customer can come in, you know. <laughs> so that feeling is like you're always gonna serve uh, a a servant industry, right? Right. So right now we are we we feel like we are having more respect, or having a, a restaurant or working in a kitchen, you know, because people listen to our construction, and they just respect us our space. That's yeah. how I feel uh, after coffee, you know. It's actually quite quite enjoy to this time, <laughs> I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah, but I, of I course know. I I I love the energy when people was feel full my restaurant, you know, so packed and it's just so loud and maybe AC wasn't enough for so many people, but I love <laughs> that kind of energy in my restaurant too the loud music mm-hmm. and also i'm very enjoy right now very quiet we just focus on kitchen process but you still play the music with... <laughs> but you still uh, play the music right yeah that's always my thing it's a given if i work yeah i need to i need to have a good music in so, my in my place <laughs> right now but do you have to do more of the disinfecting in the kitchen every day now than before do you have to yeah, do more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do? Course, of course. That's of course. That's of course. That's well, which, then, uh, which means we what? We use the pale We're going to wipe the Oh, the, the bleach. Table. You use bleach water. Yeah, the bleach, the bleach. We're going to wipe the sunburn, you know, like put everything more often. But that's, like they, oh, what, in a day? Like only in yeah, the, in when the you day, start in business? Day, in the nighttime. Oh, so. In the nighttime. So how many times do you do disinfectant, uh, disinfecting in a day? I found out. I remember it was only one time, but regularly we just clean our working area yeah. after we finish all uh-huh. the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What about garbage? I mean, how do you deal with garbage? Do you have to deal garbage differently, or just uh, it's the same? From what I know, no, the same. We just same. pack. We just put it outside of our restaurant and and put it in the trash bin, and people, yeah. the the supplier, they will come pick up in the midnight. Oh, okay. And tomorrow. Yeah, you can tell. You don't see anything. You can tell I've never run a restaurant. So I'm like, you know, asking these kind of questions. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. It's normal. I think it's normal. No, regular people, they don't. In fact, you have this type of question. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like I never thought about that's a, a, right. a issue or yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Because all we yeah. care is that we like your food. We just, you know, oh. we just want to eat it, and that's all. But actually, we don't think that much about what goes on behind the scene. You know, what mm. what what kind of work and energy mm. you know goes into making this delicious pizza or whatever. You know, so uh-huh. oh yeah. So in that case, do you make everything fresh, including? spaghetti sauce 
it's all made fresh, right? You don't make a big some batch, of, huh? Uh, some some of them we we don't we make a batch. You do use in a certain time. Yeah. Okay. We we are not all the ingredients like uh, fresh right now because we have too many order to dealing with it. Oh yeah. And it, see, it's very hard to predict. I don't like my menu is short. I feel like that's a bomb for a customer to even just read the menu. Oh, you have sure something、uh, so out. So、uh-huh. try to make that happen. You just have to uh, uh, compromise uh, the、uh-huh. freshness. And、uh-huh. wish we all we all try if、okay. the fresh is better or not. It's actually you, know, you don't really tell the difference as long the the process of reheat or.、Uh-huh. Recover the quality. You're doing well. It's it's just like fresh. That's、uh, that's thing I can say. Well, you know, one thing good about your pizza is that when you heat it up again, it's still good.、Yes. It's still delicious.、Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. that's nice. what my colleague says. You know, nice. Like because、nice. uh, he doesn't eat it right away. You know, he usually works、mm-hmm. and works and works and then eat, and、okay. he'll heat、yeah. it up. It's just still as good. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Your pizza is one of the really convenient food、um, to yeah, order as、right. takeout, right? So, yeah, right, so yeah. we thought, you know, we just I just assumed that your business must be booming because of COVID, you know. <laughs> so, but okay, so so now, yeah, you're right. I mean, otherwise you would do you you would like make it fresh whenever people put in a, for example, an order of your pasta or something like that. But now, you know, to deal with so much order that you have to make them ahead of, ahead of time and make a batch. But do you keep the leftover、uh, for the next day or you throw it away? I'm just curious. No, no, we don't, we don't, we don't keep any like things that really unless. The thing is, like oil,、uh-huh. you of course you not finish the oil. You can leave there. Sure. Keep on using it. If you talk about that, yes, we 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 leave overnight because、uh. it's fine. Everyone does it.、Yeah. But for the pizza slice, we already made. Yeah. Like、uh, we will make certain pizza slice for a day. Uh huh. And then if we didn't finish, we、yeah. all give out. We don't we don't sell next day. Oh, even though you you can still eat the next day, it's、yeah. not good. That that's not good for for everyone. Because you, you guarantee、know? quality, so yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, pasta, so pasta we always make fresh. Uh huh. When you order, we just we just fry our pasta. We might we might make we, we might finish the the sauce、uh-huh. right before five minutes. Uh huh. And the final process is just cook the noodle and put it in. Make uh make uh, the noodle absurd the sauce and become the pasta right.、Mm-hmm. So we 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 make ahead.、Mm. That's that's I, but I think that's still cold fresh because we just make it like ten minutes before you know we just wait over there wait until the delivery driver come.、Mm-hmm. We fi-、uh, finish the final process for for our customers' products. So I think、oh. that's even more fresh. Yeah, but that's a lot of work because、that's、now you have to、yes. time it. You know, before the delivery guy shows up, and to make it、yeah. just before he arrives, and you have to time it so yeah, much, yeah. you know. But that means yeah, we have a time, more yeah. work. Yeah, that means a lot of work. A lot、There's、of work. Running against、yeah. time. Yeah, running against time. Yeah. Wow. Delivery, delivery again is always a, a, a for me is a fun thing to 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 run because you need to come up with your own、uh, stand-up process. You know, SOP. Yes. We call SOP. Which to, is. 
digest that much order in certain of a time, like one hour, two hour. People doesn't eat in 3 p.m., right? No. People only eat 5 to 7 or even 5 to 8. So you have the peak time, and sometimes the peak time was just crazy. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the process from cooking to packaging to mm-hmm. confirming the order with the delivery driver, yeah. you will be messed up in your restaurant. I know. So, <laughs> so yeah, what's your so, SOP? So what, what do you do? How do you do that? Um, when we, you... will, we, we will receive the order. Yeah. We usually is already tons of uh, order in the line. Yeah. So we cannot really care about what time they come pick up. We just make it. We when we finish all the order, we will tell whoever control the the Uber Eats pad or yeah. or deliver pad. We yeah. will tell them to call the driver in. And usually come in for five to uh, three to five minutes. Oh. Depends on the situation. Sometimes raining day it yeah. takes longer. Right. And then when when we got the driver, it will show like so how long we come, right? Uh-huh. So that's the time we will have a certain like a single a way to to tell the cook, uh-huh. hey, you can cook this order right now. So oh. we will uh, collaborate with each other. We'll tell the digital uh, order number. Yeah, registration. Okay, so right now, right now, uh-huh. this this order is coming in. Uh-huh. You are ready to make that order finish. But before that, we're taking order. We have taken like ten order, twenty order in a in a time. We just keep on making it, but and then Neil, we will cook. Yeah. yeah. How many cooks do you have though? We have uh, in the rush time. We need to have a six. six. Rush time. So yeah, we need to have a six. <laughs> wow, it's a, a lot. One Is for your... the deep fryer. Yeah. Okay. One for the pasta station. Uh huh. And. Three for the pizza station. Uh-huh. And one is open the dough. The other one is put ingredients in tomato sauce, you know, mozzarella cheese. Uh-huh. The other one is charging in the oven. Okay. And there's another one. He has to go make the pizza dough. Uh-huh. He has a, He has to work in the back end, like yeah. uh, the, the okay. pizza dough for tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, uh, for tomorrow. Oh, yeah, for the next day. For tomorrow, oh. we, we, we fermentate. Yes. Our pizza dough oh, that's right. You have to ferment the pizza, days. right? We have to ferment the, the dough. Pizza. So that's that's we have calculated the quantity to to oh, pe- wow. make too. So we have another extra man is for making all the thing for future before yeah. their uh, before close the restaurant. Oh, that's so, a lot of work. I, I can yeah. I can never run a restaurant. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. Uh, you can, but you can. Don't I don't know. But it. Neil, normally before COVID, before COVID mm. even happened, normally yes. how many cooks do you have working? Like we let's say they're the during same. the peak hour. The same? We have the same. Yeah. Oh, the same. We have the same. Be- before COVID, the way of our business is a little bit different because we have half stay in, half take out and to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. right now, it's 100% take out to go. Right. So the quantity is actually gone up. A little bit le- or uh, less. I would say order quantity going yeah. up. All right. But sales went down. And oh. profit went down. Oh, really? By because how we much? Have to share, share, we have to share to deliver partner, right? Oh, yeah, They're yeah. Taking care of the deliver. Oh. So it's how uh, for, for us, oh. our, uh, our, uh, our costs are getting higher, but okay. we didn't charge more. Oh, I didn't I change see. the price on the Whoopi's. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I offered the same price. Yeah, you're so right. So it's kind of different. So um, what's your most popular takeout during COVID? Uh, I would All... say still uh, uh, one 
one pizza flavor is called New Yorker. Oh, really? Uh, the pepperoni <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that one just like uh, no one can replace. Oh like, wow! Glad to hear that you're doing good during COVID. Not only that, you actually opened mm. two restaurants during COVID. One last year and one this year. <laughs> so that must be a sign that you're really doing good. Keep it up. Yeah. It's really good to um you know talk to you and understanding you how too, everything likewise. works during COVID. Yeah, uh, keep it up. Keep up the good work. You All too. right. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bless Thanks a lot, Neil. All right. Take Thank care. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Take Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.